Welcome everyone, guess what, in honor of Logan, Matt and I have decided to sit down and deliver another wonderful comic multiverse commentary, isn't that right Matt? Well wonderful is putting it mildly. <laughs> it's, it's passable, it'll be a passable commentary for what is ultimately a passable movie, but I'm getting ahead of myself aren't I? You are. <laughs> I'm getting too ahead of myself. So yes, we've got X-Men Apocalypse in front of us. I know probably after Batman v Superman, this was the most requested one for us to do. Yeah, yeah, which is rather strange. It's interesting, isn't it? This is the most requested one. No one's requested we do Doctor Strange yet. I mean, we'll probably have to in the future. I just find it funny that no one said, hey, do Strange now. Yeah, or, or Civil War. Or Civil War. Shit, that's right. We never did Civil War, did we? No. Oh, well, maybe when it gets closer to Guardians or Spider-Man or whichever one comes out next, we'll do that. Yeah. So, with that, everyone, get your DVD copies of the movie out or your iTunes or however people watch movies nowadays. Uh, the version that we're watching is 2 hours, 23 minutes, and 56 seconds long. So, you know, try and get it near to where that is, and I will count us all down together. And when I say 5, you can hit start, and then we'll all watch together, because that's how a comic multiverse commentary works. <laughs> yeah. So, in 1, 2, 3, 4... Damn it. Okay, let, let's do that again because I hit it wrong. <laughs> I fucked up and this is this is fucking staying in. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Gotta gotta hit it strong, Matt. <laughs> Did your hand stroke out? It might have stroked out a little bit. You gotta hit it hard if you want to see the 20th Century Fox logo. Uh so we're recording this on the same night as the Academy Awards. Uh Suicide Squad just won for best makeup. Why even? <laughs> I think what they meant to say is Hot Topic won for best makeup. Yeah. Batman v Superman wins all the Razzies. Suicide Squad wins an Academy Award. And a reality TV star is President of America. What world are we living in, Matt? <laughs> and also, hey, I can say this too as we're recording this. Logan has been getting amazing reviews, actually. Yeah, I, I'm actually seeing it in a couple of days, and I'm really nice. looking forward to it. We, which is more to say than I can say for the last couple of Fox Marvel films. But dumb tish. It's amazing that between Deadpool and assumedly Logan now, we're living in a day and age where Fox is becoming a bigger threat to Marvel Studios than DC is. I know, it's insane. Weird. So, hey, we got the classic, you know, Professor X talking over the opening thing. That we've seen in all the other X-Men movies. Yeah, and this is sort of like an opening that's completely different to the one that was teased in Days of Futures Past. Yep. Completely different. I don't know what they were planning on that, but it's completely different. I would say that this opening monologue here is the first of what will be many diminishing returns for Apocalypse. Not bad, but just not nearly as good as all the other times. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of eh. Yeah, we're kind of used to it now. So here's the big budget redo of Apocalypse's empire in Egypt before he is betrayed by his followers because... Why? Reasons? I mean, I, that's what I was, I've been trying to understand, like, 
Nothing seems too bad. No. <laughs> P people seem to be free. They're having a big parade. Well, I mean, as free as they are in ancient Egypt with people being forced to build pyramids. But all in all, everyone looks fed and tanned and fit. What was what was wrong with life under Apocalypse? He seemed to keep the trains running on time. Yeah, if, if they did something that, like, showed us that, like, he, he runs, like, salt mines where yeah. children work and die and whatnot or something, yeah. then I'd understand why, but nothing here seems bad. No, everyone seems to be super prosperous under him, actually. Life seems to be pretty good. I mean, sure, if you're the one who gets chosen to, you know, be the vessel for Apocalypse, that's gotta suck, but, I mean, as long as you're not that person, everything's pretty chill. Yeah, as long as you don't have good mutant abilities. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just don't be that guy. Also, too, here's a bunch of ancient Egyptian mutants who will never get names or backstories. It feels like there was, like, a bigger, longer movie here that got cut, right? Yeah, this feels like, like, this could have been really cool if, like, the movie, this, like, this didn't happen until, like, halfway through the film. Mm-hmm. Or it would have been nice if they had, like, a time travel mutant get to go back and see what happened and see why. Mm-hmm. A lot of whys. And the answer to that is like, but it's cool though, isn't it? That's that's pretty much the answer we get. Look at these mutants, they're cool, but they you, you'll never know who they are. And that's, you know, that's kind of this movie in a nutshell too, where it's like, you know, apocalypse, you know, the whole world is ending, apocalyptic stakes. Yeah, the world stakes are pretty high, but the personal stakes couldn't possibly be lower in this film. I don't know why anyone no. has skin in this fight. I know. Oh, hey, look, it's kind of like a computer chip, but it's magical. It's magical mutant science. Yeah, it's mutant science. We ain't got to explain shit. Yeah. Oh no, the goo! He's filling him with the goo, Matt. Oh no, it's it's the Ivan Ooze. <laughs> Man, remember when they came out with Apocalypse, the first couple set pictures, and it's like, yeah, doesn't he look great, everybody? No, why is he purple? And they're like, well, that's not the finished product. We promise. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> it, it it literally is. <laughs> and then miraculously, he becomes a lighter shade of blue later, and they're like, nah, see, we always meant to do that. <laughs> I feel so bad for the computer animator who it was his job to be like, okay, go through every frame of this movie and make sure that he's the right shade of blue and not purple, because apparently we fucked up, says the internet. <laughs> Just some old suit man who's like, yeah, they got very upset because he was the wrong shade, and that's our fault, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Betrayal! Betrayal! Also, wow, talk about uh, actually opening on a pretty violent thing, too. Those guys got turned into corpses. These guys got burned alive. It's pretty hardcore for yeah. an X-Men movie. It is. I mean, we usually and see... And then it never really picks up after that, either. No, no, it doesn't. It's funny that they backloaded all the super violence here in the beginning. Yeah, I think, like, the, the next big violent scene is that scene with Magneto in the forest, but mm. that's not really anything. No, no, it's nothing like this. And, you know, it's funny, that's always kind of been an issue for the X-Men movies, and apparently something Logan fixes that is like, come on, some of these guys' powers would be brutal, but you always seem to shy away from it for whatever reason. Yeah. Man, I love those, uh, what is it, Egyptian scythe swords. I love those. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah. Perfect for a horseback riding, or so the Dothraki tell me.
<laughs> well, goodbye, mutant red shirt. You will be missed. You'd think that, like, being, like, Apocalypse's main temple, they wouldn't have, like, such a shitty, like, self-destruct sequence sort of thing. Yeah, they're taking like, out it, by Like, a... it's just, like, like, a couple of bricks. <laughs> yeah, they're taken out by a brick, it's true. Like, if you just have, like, a hammer, you can take down this, this warlord who's been ruling for however many years. <laughs> mm -hmm. Also, too, you know, despite being, you know, his horsemen, his amazing followers and everything... They're also killed by bricks and long falls and everything. Yeah. <laughs> They're not that cool, honestly, if you can be killed so easily. Again, it's just like their powers. That's all they're here for, just cool powers. Well, as we'll find out later in the movie, Apocalypse actually has terrible taste in choosing his horsemen. <laughs> 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 Two good ones and a bunch of jobbers after that. <laughs> Tell my story. Well, he, he can only work with what he has, you know? <laughs> I imagine Apocalypse having, like, an interview process. Like, people meet him in an office and go, Okay, what are your qualifications? What other groups have you worked <laughs> for? <laughs> late credits. Although, I guess every X-Men movie has been known for their late credits, haven't they? There was the great bit in Auschwitz yeah. and everything, which, geez, those are words I never thought I'd say. That great bit in Auschwitz. Was <laughs> that really fun time in Auschwitz? No, no, it wasn't really fun. Although, actually, we'll revisit that in this movie. We'll revisit a lot of places from the old X-Men movies in this movie. Which is another issue with Apocalypse, that the only real new thing it seems to have is reminding you of other shit, being like, man, wasn't this bit great here in the other movies? It it also, like, breaks its own continuity set up in the last film. Mm-hmm. Which wasn't... Like, in, in massive ways. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely talk about that, because this... The big thing about X-Men Apocalypse was it was the first post continuity rewrite X-Men film and it's like okay you bent over backwards to supposedly fix your problems where are you gonna go from here yeah oh we're just gonna make more problems <laughs> also too hey so in this universe the events of days of future past were the first time the world were ever exposed to mutants and in fact it was such a touchstone moment they are literally teaching it in schools right now yeah, that, that's, I guess, something that this movie does do right. Like, that would be something that would happen. You would hope that you would learn about this shit in school. Yeah. Hey, guys, remember when that guy, that big blue beast guy, like, killed a bunch of people <laughs> in Paris? <laughs> and remember when they tried to kill Nixon with a floating stadium? <laughs> what did they ever do with that stadium? Did they ever move it back? That's what I want to know, the secret <laughs> origins of the stadium. And now we're meeting young Cyclops for the second time, not counting Wolverine Origins. Uh, and again, I don't know. I don't know whether it's something. I, I think Brian Singer has a hate boner for Cyclops, or like Fox do, but he's completely unutilized in this film. Again, again, he gets fucked over more than just about anyone else. But pretty much all the young X Men end up getting fucked over in this movie. It should have been their movie, and I truly do believe in earlier drafts, it was going to be their movie. But yeah, they... now, now they now they seem to be thinking that like they're going to be getting their own film. Mm. So so these movies are still pretty much the older X Men films or something. And really, only three: Magneto, Mystique, and Xavier. That's once again what this movie is about. Even though that's what the last two movies were about. 
Yeah, they even go to to a trouble of like killing havoc in this film. Oh my god, that oh that pissed me off so much. He just like appears like hey, Havoc's back. He wasn't in the last movie all that very much, but he's back. Oh, he's dead. Also, hey, Cyclops' powers activating at school where he blows off a door or a wall. Did you not already do this in Origin? <laughs> also, like, his powers are concussive blasts. But once again, they're fucking laser beams. Goddamn, what was the point of rebooting if you were just going to make the same goddamn mistakes again? <laughs> Did you learn nothing? Oh, hey, there's the blob for a couple seconds, looking like he's supposed to in the <laughs> comics, and here's Angel not looking like how he looks in the comics. <laughs> Can I also say, too, it's amazing that they managed to make this version of Angel more boring than X-Men 3's version of Angel. Well, X-Men 3's version had, like, this whole backstory and everything. This one's like, he's a cage fighter who's mad. Yeah, as, as much as you might not like the Warring Worthington and the other one, at least he was part of the story of X-Men 3. At least he had yeah. an arc, sort of. This one's just a jobber. Mm. Oh, yes, Deutschland, I agree. Mm-hmm. I don't know, can you say Amazing and Fantastic? Who owns the rights to those, uh, to those words? <laughs> you gotta be very careful. You can't call him uncanny, although maybe you should call him the uncanny nightcrawler. Haha, we will make him the perfect challenge for Angel by putting him in an electric cage where he cannot use his powers. <laughs> also, too, he can't teleport through electricity. We never mentioned this in any of the other movies, but we're mentioning it here now. Which, again, I, I'm no Nightcrawler expert, but but is that bullshit? Can he not teleport through electricity in the comics? I can't remember. I, have, I have no idea. <laughs> and, but, but we obviously know that he's definitely not Mystique's son. <laughs> no, no, definitely. Again, you rebooted everything. You could have changed that, but you chose not to. And the thing is that it looks like they were kind of setting that up as well because they had... Um, Asriel. Uh, Ezreal in first class. They did, and then they fucking killed him in, you know, in between movies. They killed all those guys in between movies, which again, what a waste. Yep. <laughs> you know, the X-Men franchise was some of the biggest, you know, most varied cast of characters. Let's kill a whole bunch off in between movies. Yeah. Because we know what we're doing. <laughs> I mean, what about Riptide, Matt? What happened to Riptide? I don't know. He could create little water tornadoes. <laughs> well, he, he was too OP. <laughs> he could do too much. I imagine Apocalypse, oh, you can create water tornadoes? You would be so great as a horseman. Damn German fight clubs. So yeah, here's Mystique as the mutant breaker of chains. She's not an X-Men. Nor will we see her really in blue for the rest of the movie. No, and that that's because Jennifer Lawrence hates playing the character. Yeah, did, did you not go through a whole arc in the last movie, Mystique, where you're like, yeah, mutant and proud, I shouldn't have to hide, I'm gonna kill the president, I'm gonna be blue like all the time, only to completely <laughs> regress now in this movie because, you know, she didn't want to be in makeup for three hours. 
And I mean, look, let's face it, Jennifer Lawrence pretty much fell asleep during the halfway point of Days of Future Past, and she has not woken up for this movie. Nope. They build a huge chunk of this movie around her, and you can tell she is so fucking over this right now. She's like, I am an Academy Award winner, I don't need this shit. Yep. Which sucks, because I actually quite enjoyed her in first class in the first part of Days of Future Past. She was really good in first class. Yeah, yeah. So here's another weird thing, because for some reason the movies have decided we're going to keep jumping ahead a decade now, because that's what Days of Future Past did. We're in the 80s, and now Magneto isn't a supervillain anymore. He settled down and has a family and moved back to Poland. Yeah, this is kind of weird. Again, it's like we missed a whole other fucking movie in the intervening 10 years. Yeah, like there would be like time, like a, a heap of years where he's like on the run mm-hmm. from police, or whoever's after him. And nah, nah, we don't need to see that. That's too interesting. Let's just skip ahead to where he has a wife and child. That's going to end badly. To where he's basically living a Wolverine subplot right down to the blue collar job and the flannel shirt. I I have a hard time believing, you know, oh, the sophisticated master of magnetism working with his hands in a blue-collar job. I always assumed Magneto was fancier than that. Yeah, well, this is a different Magneto, though. This is is a quote-unquote real Magneto. I could see Ian McKellen being like, I'm not going to sully my fucking hands, not today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I just imagine, like, th- this guy is meant to become Ian McKellen. So, like, Ian McKellen's character, who we see in, like, the first X-Men, mm. is in, like, a suit and a hat and everything. Yeah. And it's like, I-, I used to work in a steel mill in <laughs> Poland. <laughs> sure you did. Sure you did. Was the steel mill the name of the bar you frequented? <laughs> <laughs> Also, to get it, he works with metal, and now he works in a steel mill. Oh, the irony. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, tell your child about the Holocaust. <laughs> Nighty-night, little Polaris. No, that's not that one. Really, which one are you? <laughs> <laughs> I've lost count. <laughs> you gotta work with me here. I got lots of kids I don't pay attention to. Are you the fast one, the witchy one? <laughs> the green-haired one? Oh, that's something we'll get to, the goddamn Quicksilver arc in this. That is so, so annoying. So goddamn annoying. Hey, here's not fucking Crosshair. <laughs> Some, summer Senior, the dad, you know the one who's a badass space pirate? Look how not a badass space pirate <laughs> well, he is. Well, that's the thing, like, we've seen with Magneto how he was meant to be how he's like this fancy thing what's what's the what's the chance that like he was a a spacefaring space pirate but then he just decided i'm going to become a blue collar man living in white suburbia you're right it's been 10 years matt so for all we know (laughs) they did the stuff with mr sinister and the orphanage and they found each other again we don't know the plane crash there's so much great storylines with cyclops and havoc and they're just doing none of it (laughs) also too it's been like 20 years since like the 60s since we saw havoc shouldn't he be like way older than cyclops even though they look like they're the same goddamn age here (laughs) yeah yeah god and and he's and he should have like some age on him because he was oh it was present at the cuban missile crisis i went to vietnam for real man (laughs) this guy's a nom vet does he scream nom vet to you (laughs) 
He looks like he's working in freaking Abercrombie and Fitch. I don't even know if that was a thing in the 80s. We don't have them here in Canada. <laughs> Where's the professor? Sitting on his ass. And no, that's not a wheelchair joke. Hey, Jubilee, I'll enjoy not seeing you for the rest of the movie. <laughs> that's pretty dumb, too. We've had Jubilee in the background of two X-Men movies now, and she still doesn't do anything. <laughs> And the the funny thing is, they had her do like press and everything, like she was part of the part of it, and because they cut like half her scenes oh, out. Yes, I'm not saying X Men Apocalypse lied to us, but oh my god, was there a lot of lying in the press campaign for this movie? Mm-hmm. Like actors just lying through their teeth about how much of the movie they'd actually been in. I'm looking at you, Olivia Munn, when we get to see you. Oh god, I completely forgot she's in this film. Yeah, of course you do, because she says like five lines in the whole movie. But she made it sound like she was a key part of the movie. She did all the nighttime talk shows, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I really, I really got into character, and I really studied it, and you know, really worked on my method." <laughs> she glares <laughs> is her thing. And then she just, she like, don't they kill her at the end of the movie too? I remember like some of the horsemen die and some escape, and it just doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I, it, well, it doesn't won't matter anyway because the next one's probably going to jump twenty years or something, and everyone's going to be dead anyway. Yeah. Hey, Scott, show us your laser eyes, Scott. You know those things that aren't concussive blasts, but are lasers? Yep, look at them two beams. Two beams, not a concussive blast. <sighs> oh, hey, uh, also, we didn't get to talk about Sansa as Jean Grey. Again, good casting. Good actress. I like her. Too bad she doesn't have anything to do. And, and she's, she's as... She's, she's bland as in this film. Mm -hmm. Let's face it, the only reason they have Jean Grey in this movie is because they're already trying to set up to do Phoenix again. Yeah, they're like, second time's the charm, guys. Mm-hmm. The only reason she's here is so they can set that up again, and I remember when they start doing that, I'm like, God damn it, X-Men, finish, finish the villain who's on your plate before you move on to the next one. <laughs> you, can't, you can't have your Phoenix until you eat all your Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, hey, Moira McTaggart, another very wasted character in this movie as well. Yeah, and, and like even like in, in Days of Futures Past, like when, was she in that? She wasn't in that, no, was no, she? No, no, she wasn't. No. That, that's how much I remember about Days of Futures Past. I don't know, remember which characters are in what. And I, and I like Days of Future Past. Like, I, I'm probably one of the biggest boosters of that movie you will find. Because <laughs> that one actually had a through line and a theme and a beginning, middle, and end. It felt complete. This one feels very incomplete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, again, if you remember, at the end of First Class, he wipes Moira McTaggart's mind, so she remembers nothing about the X-Men or Xavier or anything, and she spends the rest of this movie being told things that, you know, she should already know. They basically teach her the whole thing over again, only for in the final minutes Xavier to give her her memories back pretty much out of the blue for no reason. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. It really, it's like, shouldn't you have given her memories back right away? And furthermore, why is she not horribly pissed at you for tampering with her memories? Yeah. Bullshit. I don't like it. I like that pyramid, though. <laughs> it's shiny. I, I could use one of those for my coffee table. It would be a nice conversation starter. Hey, Joel, what's with the pyramid? Where'd you get it, Walgreens? 
<laughs> yeah, they sell pyramids now. <laughs> Solid gold pyramids. <laughs> I don't believe that, but maybe I should. Solving the mystery. We uh we haven't even had a chance to talk about uh, Poe Dameron yet, but we will. Oh yeah, not apocalypse, but sometimes apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Bumsala <laughs> Akadama Macarena <laughs> I'm trying to tread carefully here. I'm like, there's lots of other gibberish jokes I'd like to make, but I don't want to be too offensive. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the how like the pyramid just conveniently like collapsed in a way that he could still come back to life. Yeah. Yeah, v very conveniently. Well, you see, you know, they made them stronger back in those days, Matt. You know, pyramids were built to last even when other pyramids got dropped on them. <laughs> Apocalypse planned for everything. Ooh, also, too, hey, for those wondering, the newest episode of Cape TV just went live. Oh, there you go. I, this one will probably be coming out Wednesday, which means it'll already be out when you're hearing this. And when you guys are hearing this, too, I'll be away at uh, Emerald City Comic Con, so there you go. This is how interesting the movie is. We're talking about what's happening next week. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get it done, Matt. This is our cross to bear. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Oscar Isaac, you know, one of the hottest upcoming stars the year this movie came out. This, this and Force Awakens came out the same year, right? I think so, yes. 2016, yeah. Yeah, they came out very close together. And I'm like, man, this guy's so great and so charming and everything. What does X-Men Apocalypse do? Let's put him in one of the ugliest, most restricting costumes you've ever seen. And then get him to talk in, like, a whisper. Yeah, this is, this is, this is creepy, right? When I talk to you like this. Psst, 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 psst. What a what a waste too. And again too, like I don't blame the writers for not really getting Apocalypse because he is in theory I mean, he is one of the most popular, most easily recognizable, biggest X-Men baddies. But when you really break him down, he's also super silly. Mm-hmm. That being said, he also gives really awesome speeches. I think they got the ridiculous power thing right, they got the speechifying right. It's just he doesn't say anything very cool. Yeah, yeah, he just, he just, he always talks in speeches. Cartoon Apocalypse said cooler shit. Which is, when you look back at that cartoon, that uh, 90s one's like, god damn, this one got so many of these stories so much better than the movies. Yeah, yeah. Then, then again, the cartoon was basically just copying the comics at the time, literally word for word in a lot of cases. <laughs> hey, hey, he saved our lives, we hate him now. <laughs> How dare you save people, you sick fuck? Where do you get off using your powers for good? Let's get a hate mob together and go and kill him. <laughs> yeah, you saved Igor. He wasn't meant to be saved. <laughs> he, he slept with my wife. I hated him. <laughs> Back to bed, my children. 
I'm not a weird cult leader. This isn't some sort of Jesus Jones setup. <laughs> I've just invited all these young children into my home. There's nothing sinister about it. Hey, Gene, you all right? You want a glass of milk? You having a, you having a nightmare? <laughs> you, you want to stop melting the walls? You're scaring the other kids. <laughs> Yeah, hey, I don't know if you know this, but you know my uh, my, my grandfather painted those paintings and everything and put up those walls. You kind of, you know, you kind of fucking it up just a bit. I mean, I know I took a deposit from your parents and everything, but even still, that ain't gonna cover it. <laughs> yep. So already they're trying to set up the Phoenix. They're already trying to set up another movie, and we're not even thirty minutes into this movie yet. <laughs> That is, that's just bad, right? Why should I care about what's happening here and now if you're already trying to set up for the next one? Exactly. It's, you already know that, like, they're going to beat the enemy and there's just going to be another movie. Mm -hmm. And they're not even subtle about it either. It's like, hey, hey, yeah, Apocalypse, whatever, but Phoenix, yo. Phoenix be crazy. That is a very elaborate pillow she has. <laughs> That pillow's got a lot of shit going on on it. Are those like samurais? What are those? I don't know. Was that pillow already in that room, or did Jean bring that pillow from home? <laughs> yeah. Did Jean bring her samurai pillow? <laughs> oh man, jeez, Jean, she won't go anywhere without her samurai pillow. <laughs> it's really weird. All those great events out in space and everything, they had the Blackbird ready to go, and Gene's like, no, I can't leave without my samurai pillow, I need it. <laughs> That's okay, Gene, I follow, you know, I go everywhere with a fan, I can't sleep without one. <laughs> we all have weird things. Yeah, I heard people suffering all the time. I just learned to tune them out and occasionally fake my death. <laughs> Sometimes I just bang on the wall and tell them to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and one day you'll learn to tune them out too, Gene. <laughs> just like Superman. Now you see, that's why Xavier fakes his death so often. You know, it's not because he has some great plan or anything. It's just because he's tired of hearing everyone's thoughts and he needs a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and again, at the time of recording this in 2007, Xavier is still dead in the comics right now. He's been dead since uh, Avengers vs. X-Men, since Cyclops killed him. Yeah, that's a long time. In comic years, yeah. And I mean, Jean Grey has been dead even longer than him. And there's no word about why? bringing any of them back. <laughs> why is he going backwards? <laughs> whoop, 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 I'm cool. Also, hey, so I, wonder if, I wonder if he changes the speed in in his in his thing so he can like like drift around corners and stuff in it. <laughs> he soups it up. He puts a little nitrous in it so he can go off jumps. <laughs> That's what he does in his free time. Now, how weird is it that like the rest of the mansion is all old and everything, keeping with the '80s time period, but the Cerebro Chamber looks exactly the same as it does in all the other movies. I like that it looks more advanced than it did in the older, in like the first <laughs> X Men films. <laughs> also, too, don't get used to seeing a lot of Beast either right away in the movie. Yeah, I think it's another situation like Jennifer Lawrence as well. He doesn't like the makeup. Mm. I do like Nicholas Holt, though, as an actor. He's pretty cool. Yeah.
Beast Beast is totally like my favorite X-Men too. My favorite good X-Men anyway, so that's why I'm always like, you know, I want more Beast in my thing. Give me more. Yeah, and it, it helps as well that, like, in recent comics, he's, like, the only, like, sane one. It's true. And on, like, the, everything that's going on with the Inhumans and everything. Well, or at least, like, the, the beast of, of, like, now, not the beast of um the past. Yeah. That's the, the human one. Yeah, he's, well, he's sane now after kicking off years of being really insane, of being like, oh, I'm going to travel back in time, pick up a bunch of young X-Men, because that'll make Scott not be evil. Oh, shit, we're stuck with him now? <laughs> <laughs> guess that's on me. Also, too, hey, uh, when Xavier did die, he trusted Beast to take up his seat on the Illuminati, which goes to show how much he trusted Beast's judgment. Yeah. Which I like a lot. That I like Beast as being someone who speaks for the mutant community, yet they never quite let him take up that Xavier role. They usually put Storm or even Wolverine up there before him. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. I guess he's got kind of a Spock thing going on where it's like, nah, he's too cold and too logical and everything. Yeah, which yeah. is Which, again, is why Xavier probably put him on the Illuminati, where it's like, look, Beast, I know you'll do what needs to get done, even if it's dirty. And he did. Yeah, I swear this whole, you know, Magneto's family gets killed thing, I swear that this was meant to be like a Wolverine side plot that they just reused. It, it feel, feels like maybe this was actually meant to be, like, if, like, Wolverine was actually meant to be in the film in Magneto's spot. Right. And, and something happened where they said, well, if you don't do this film, you can go do Logan or something. And so then they reduced his role to a cameo and gave all this stuff to Magneto. Yeah, definitely. Because like even the setting, like this looks like instead of, instead of saying it's Poland, you could say this is Canada. It's true, and nothing would change. No, again, he's even dressed like Wolverine. It down to the flannel shirt and everything. Oh shit! Look, they actually were smart enough to know not to bring any metal to this fight. But what if some of them had, like, metal fillings? I know, right? He should be able to rip those out of your head and kill you with them. There's no way you can tell me no one had any metal on them at all. Exactly. There's always that one guy. Damn it, Jeff, you brought your change? What the fuck is wrong with you? I wanted some <laughs> coffee later. Also, wow, take this, Poland cops. <laughs> If I was a cop in Poland, I'd be like, hey, wow, you really painted us as dickholes in this. <laughs> now, again, bringing back to that thing I say about diminishing returns for Apocalypse, how nothing it really does is bad, but everything it does is nowhere near as good as we've seen in other movies. Magneto is going to kill these guys with an improvised metal weapon, but none of it is cool as the coin thing from uh, First Class. Oh, that was amazing. And that, because I think because they treated that like an action scene. Yes. Also, whereas this this isn't. <laughs> also, the coin had a story around it too. It fit into his character, you know. And it was that. Yeah, much here more it's just some miscellaneous necklace that we never told about. Yeah, it, it feels like they were going through the motions in Apocalypse, where it's like, well, you know, in the first one. He killed that guy with the metal balls and escaped, and then he had the coin and everything. What what metal thing is he going to have here to kill a bunch of people? Because it's not an X-Men movie if he doesn't do blank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels feels like they're just, like, filling in the checkboxes. Mm-hmm. Which, again... Like, oh, Magneto needs to kill someone with an improvised weapon. We'll check that off. 
And hey, when we get to the Wolverine thing, that's another real checkbox moment, too. Oh, yeah. Which I love, too, the whole Wolverine thing. They were sure to put that in the trailer right bef- like the week before the movie came out, because they're like, hey, if you're still on the fence about this, Wolverine is in it, we promise. Yes, when he had no business being in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll get to that. You mark my words, we'll get to that. <laughs> also, his daughter is Animal Man, apparently. Yeah, she can control animals. So, like, why doesn't she, like, tell, like, bald eagles to come down and, like, rip out their eyes or something? Are there bald eagles in Poland? <laughs> uh, she, she can make them come to Poland. Are there bears? <laughs> I'd be like, forest bears, hear my call. <laughs> Be like Aquaman. <laughs> and again, this daughter of Magneto who can control animals, I'm pretty sure this is just some bullshit they made up for the movie. I'm pretty sure this character doesn't exist, Nina. Well, that's the problem with like Magneto like just using the Earth as his own personal hotel <laughs> stripper hotel you know he's got so many fucking kids around now there's a story they need to write all of the mothers of all of magneto's children uh need to come together and they need to like file for alimony that's like his solo film instead of he's fighting his biggest enemy yet the courts the court <laughs> look we got a lot of back alimony you gotta pay here man What's and Eddie Pooh's like, I, I was in the Holocaust, please take pity on me. <laughs> I, I was in the Savage Lands, yeah, yeah, that's why. <laughs> or be like, I'm not Magneto, I'm Zorn now. <laughs> I, I'm not Eric Lencher, I'm Eric the Red, or one of the many, many uh, alternate uh, personalities and alternate names he's had over the years. That's the best way to get out of it. Just lie. So yeah, here's all this. Not as cool as the coin. Nah, and it's over in a second. Not as cool as the coin. Not as cool as the balls. Nah, apparently yes. Also, who are you talking to? Everyone's dead. <laughs> oh, you're talking to God. I thought you were talking to the audience. Is this what you want from me, audience? <laughs> <laughs> Even that yelling up to the sky and everything, that's such a Wolverine move. Yeah. Roar, which has given me great flashbacks to Origins, where he spent half that movie just yelling at the sky. <laughs> Fuck you, sky! So here's uh, Apocalypse now in his Jedi cosplay. Walking around. In his robes. You stupid blue man out of the way. This is not the blue man group reunion tour. Get the fuck out. No one no one thinks this is weird, huh? No one's no one's even gonna look twice at this dude, huh? Hey, people in Egypt don't judge. I guess not. It's a very unjudgmental place, Egypt. <laughs> hey, so there's Storm in her cool eighties Mohawk, which is awesome. Again, I wish she had more to do, hip young cool Storm. Yeah, she's. Is she. Has she been, like, confirmed for the other films? I don't even know. I've stopped paying attention to the X Men movies, honestly, that, <laughs> that aren't Logan or Deadpool. <laughs> and I know that's terrible to admit, but I'll admit it. And hey, in a nice bit of continuity, they remember oh, yeah, Storm was a kid thief originally. They remember that. She worked for the Shadow King and all this other stuff. That's. Like, someone actually read some shit when they did this. 
Yeah, and then, then they then they forgot that like, oh, we'll just make her an apocalypse a horseman. Yeah. We'll just do that just cause. I mean, it's cool. But I mean, there's no real reason for it. No. Oh, come on, clown face. He can't help it that he has the face of a clown, man. Come on. That's very anti-clown. Man, they love making heads come off in this, don't they? Yeah. Here's another thing they really don't sell. If Apocalypse is so powerful, why does he even need four followers? Exactly. Is it because he walks around so slow? Is that why? <laughs> <laughs> his world domination would take a couple of years <laughs> he just walks around very slowly like a zombie so he does shit like this all the time so like yeah there's nothing stopping him from taking over the world very easily hey apocalypse what are your powers vagueness my greatest power is vagueness <laughs> I can make sand cut your head off I can make you go into walls I can control your brain I can grow sometimes so they kept that much, at least. But he only grows when he's in his own head. Yeah. Because, you know, if he was able to just control his size in the real world, that would be too unrealistic. Yeah, and, you know, too OP. Mm, indeed. I like growing was really the thing that year for heroes. Ant-Man grew really big. He grows really big. That was the other problem with Apocalypse 2. Wasn't it, like, the last big superhero movie that summer? I think it was. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think so. I think it was, like, the one of the last ones to come out. Yeah. I think, oh, I think it was, like, this and Suicide Squad were, like, around the same time. Right. Or, man, yeah, it's, it's so hard to recall now because we're getting superhero movies every year. Yeah. It's a pleasure to meet you again for the first time. <laughs> Man, sure is nice for Ch a... Ch Charles, stop with the creepy smile. <laughs> Man, sure is nice for a Havoc to join up and hang out for a bit, but not do anything really important. Hey, man, he stood there. He sure did. He stood there like a boss. <laughs> no one can take that away from him. He hey, stood you know there in, in, his, in his sports coat and... <laughs> And just looked at stuff. Hey, you know, you could argue that is pretty true to the comics right now. Havoc standing around and not <laughs> doing anything. Just like he does in the comics now, standing around and not doing anything. <laughs> hey, at least he's here and not absent for years at a time. <laughs> oh my god, just make her remember you. I It'll know. be so much easier. Now it's time he, for... Especially since, like, he, like, he, like, lied about having clearance mm. and everything. So he, he used his powers to make her think he had clearance. Whereas if he just made her remember, mm -hmm. he would he would just get the flowers anyway. <laughs> it's because he doesn't want a relationship, Matt. He doesn't want to have to commit. He's got a real problem, that Professor X. So now it's time for the info dump, which is probably the most Maria, or not, Moira McTaggart, I was going to call her Maria Hill, Moira McTaggart will do in this movie. <laughs> Someone's got to speak the exposition. Yeah, and Lois Lane's busy. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So he had extra lives, is what you're telling us. He was playing with a game shark. <laughs> yeah, he used the cheat codes. He yeah. used the Konami code. <laughs> <laughs> to get extra lives. Yeah. Ooh, aren't we clever. Now, it's so annoying that they, like, say the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, but never do any of them get called War, Death, Famine, and Pestilence. No, they and, and even, like, their powers are just, like, their own powers, except with a slight power-up. Yeah, that's really annoying to me. If you're going to make them War, Death, Famine, and Pestilence, well, give them cool new variations. Or, or if you're your angel, you you just get like new wings. Yeah, <laughs> that's all you get. You get upgraded from angel to archangel, and and, and a uh, and a mohawk that looks really shitty. Also, too, it's like you know, angel and apocalypse have like a real long history in the comics and everything. None of that will be touched on in this movie, of course. No, because no. because why would we want to do that? Oh, this is this is the best line read ever from apocalypse. This is easily the height of him in this movie. <laughs> And now I will touch the television and learn everything I need to learn, because apparently that is also a power of mine. <laughs> Learning. <laughs> I, I don't know why I love that so much. Learning. What a very specific power, touching television to get up to speed on all of human history. <laughs> Which, like, doesn't make any sense either because, like, he's from an age where none of that stuff existed, so he wouldn't have, like, technophage powers or anything. Uh, were there a lot of televisions back in ancient Egypt we didn't <laughs> know about? He, he brought cable to, to the Egypt. <laughs> See, man, like we're saying, Apocalypse did nothing wrong. Life in Egypt was good under him. You don't remember yeah. all the cable they had. Yeah, everyone got free HBO. Yeah, they had Real Housewives of the Nile... Maybe that's why, like, they were upset. They only got, like, HBO and a couple of, like, the basic channels. We want more. We want more. Yeah, yeah that's why they got pissed off about it. Oh, we gotta <laughs> pay for the app? Fuck you, Apocalypse. <laughs> now, I'm, now I can't get that image out of my head. Where did you, come from? you know, places... Oh, now he's doing his whole, you know, survival of the sp fittest spiel. Which, you know, that's always kind of been part of Apocalypse's motivation in the comics, and it would make sense, talking about, you know, survival of the fittest, if they had cared to mention his background of being raised by, by like, a bunch of brutal Egyptian raiders and everything out in the waste, and how he rose from that to become Pharaoh. Yeah, we never see any of that. We just see him, he's just, oh, he's... He's king, okay. And yet here he just shows up with a boner for survival of the fittest for, like, no reason. Or no discernible reason, I should say. Okay, that's a very bad touch. I don't know what they did back in Egypt, <laughs> but this is considered a bad touch in the 80s. Where's Chris Hansen? Is he going to appear? Just like, why don't you have a seat? Take a seat right over there, Big Blue. Just take a seat. 
Now, I don't know how old... Well, what are you here for? I'm learning. (laughs) Learning. (laughs) Look, I don't know how old Storm is supposed to be in this movie, but I'm just going to say right now, probably creepy. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Nightcrawler, you're also not really as cool as you were in X-Men 2. Just as like Liberace for some reason. And later like Michael Jackson in Thriller. Yeah. Oh, oh, so this we gotta talk about. Fucking Caliban here of the Morlocks for five seconds. Apparently he's in Logan. Yeah, but it's not the same actor. Wow, what is even... God damn it, movies, when you can't even keep continuity. Was not the whole point of rebooting so you could keep better continuity? (laughs) Well, apparently, like, Logan isn't set in any timeline these movies take place in. It doesn't make much sense. No, it makes very, very little sense. Hey, Olivia Munn, you over there being important? Yeah, she being important. Caliban looking like some sort of New York club kid, like he hangs out with Andy Warhol. (laughs) (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And she now cares about Magneto again. Because we gotta get her involved in the story somehow. Really, they have yeah. very little reason to care about what's happening with Magneto, but somehow they do. Yeah, they, they, she should just be like, okay, yeah, no, I'm not getting involved with that again. Not after, like, what happened last time. Yeah, he moved a stadium, in case you remember, and stopped you from killing the president. Oh, hey, at least they kept in the whole ruby quartz glasses thing. At least they remember that much about Cyclops, even if they remember nothing else. It's like, I ordered these glasses from Ray-Ban. You know, Ray-Ban, the maker of sunglasses. Ray-Ban. Did I say Ray-Ban enough? I feel like I should say Ray-Ban one more time. Here's the other thing, too. I'm pretty sure they kill Havoc in this movie because they didn't want to have to write for two mutants who have laser powers. Yeah, well, the, see, that's the thing, like, they, they could discern them, but instead they just, no, they just both shoot lasers. And they just kill Havoc, so it's like, okay, time to go now, even though you're, like, one of the last remaining surviving mutants from first class, so it's like, what the hell was even the point then? Yeah. If we were just gonna kill off pretty much the majority of that cast for no good reason. And 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 also, like... Cyclops kind of like he sees his his brother die, and then he kind of has a cry about it for like all of two seconds, and then it's like, oh, I'm all good. I'm gonna go fuck Gene now, <laughs> which would pretty much be the entirety of his character. <laughs> Man, I sure hope some hairy Canadian doesn't try and cock block me on this. <laughs> and man, I sure... that, that that's like another thing we'll get to. Like Wolverine's like really old in this, and and these guys are just like kids, so mm-hmm. it's even creepier. Don't worry, Scott. In the end, you'll end up cock-blocking yourself with Emma, so it's all good. (laughs) Enjoy these young mutants while you can, because the movie's not about them. Which is disappointing. Also, too, you know, in the decade since the last movie, Xavier has been building up this school but not building the X-Men, even though that totally seemed the way he was going at the end of Days of Future Past. 
yeah, they even have like the 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 danger room cave sort of thing downstairs with the with the blackbird and everything. Mm. And no, 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 it's not going to happen. It's nice to know you did nothing in those ten years. Also, how did how did um, Mystique get here? If because obviously Nightcrawler's power works on locations he can see mm-hmm. or like have been to, and he's never been here. Don't ask. <laughs> oh shit. I am Apocalypse. I gather together the greatest, most powerful mutants to be my horsemen, by which I mean Storm, who can control weather, Magneto, who can control metal, and, uh, oh, I don't know, two jobbers, I guess, this sword lady, and uh, <laughs> Angel later. Yep, yep, these are my horsemen now. Seems like you didn't look very far to find the greatest mutants apocalypse. It seems like you just picked whoever you met on the street that morning. <laughs> just picked ones that looked cool. <laughs> it's like if he met a guy and what's your name? Dung. What can you can do? I can like psychically control feces. Okay, cool. You're a horseman then. <laughs> I can I can psychically talk to feces. <laughs> <laughs> what do feces say? Not much. Yeah. Talk about corn mostly. <laughs> Shit, you know, that could actually be the basis of a good mutant, like a dung elemental, where it's like, you know, we all have poop particles inside of us. (laughs) And I can control them with my mind. (laughs) That's good, uh, that's good glowering there, Olivia Munn. Good job, you just sit there glowering, but don't say too much, though. Her greatest skill is she wears the Psylocke costume, that's about it. I want you so bad. Also, so, Apocalypse's big plan is I'm going to gather my horsemen and we're going to kill like 90% of the planet so survival of the fittest can take place. But later I'm also going to kidnap Xavier because I want to transition into his body and use his psychic powers to control the whole world even though I clearly have no problem controlling people when they're right in front of me. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like your plan is completely at odds with your plan. Well, it, again, it goes back to, like, they, they're really fast and loose with what he can exactly do. Some scenes he's, like, an all-powerful, all-seeing god. Other scenes he's like, I, I can't kill you from across the room. <laughs> also, too, what is up with Nightcrawler having all the religious tattoos and shit over his face when they don't kind of do the whole like thing they did in X-Men 2. He only had those in X-Men 2 because he did them to himself. Yeah, because of all the sins he, he'd been doing. Yeah, and because he had been locked away by Stryker and everything. So now this movie is telling us he always had them, or did the movie just assume, well, he had those marks in the first movie, so he must have always had them. Again, and the, 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 sh- the fucking boggling thing about it is it was directed by the same guy. Mm-hmm. And he like completely forgets what he did in his own movies. Oh shit, he's listening to Metallica, a song that actually isn't out yet at the time this movie is supposed to take place. <laughs> but it's a song! It's 80s. <laughs> but guys, but it's a song about the Horsemen of the Apocalypse, so we need to put it in here even though the years are wrong. <laughs> Either that or Angel is so good, he's listening to songs from the future. 
I, I like how like Olivia Munn's character is the one who brings them to this, and she, I like to think that she's like, shit, I'm kind of like the underpowered one of this team. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe let's go recruit this drunk guy. So he, I he, 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 yeah, so I won't be the shittiest character here. <laughs> I won't be the ass end of the pyramid if we recruit Angel. Uh, you know, just sitting with my uh, leather pants, you know, drinking my booze with my shirt off up in the rafters, you know, average Friday. Rocking out to my Metallica. I don't want to be your horseman. Yeah, well, whatever. I'm not really giving you a choice. <laughs> Yep, this is happening. Finally, I will again. Be a... th again, that's like his powers. I get better wings. That's my power. <laughs> that's all I get. Well, because that's apparently something we fans have been asking Brian Singer forever, Matt. We want Archangel with metal wings. Apparently, that's all we've ever wanted, Matt. Uh, apparently. Even as far back as, like, X-Men 2, there was a whole ex exercised subplot where Angel gets metal adamantium wings. Really? Yes, apparently. You can actually see in the scene where, like, Wolverine goes into the dam and he sees all the X-rays of himself up on the wall. Apparently there's a couple Angel X-rays up there. No. So apparently Brian Singer has thought that this is something we all really wanted to see. <laughs> I know, right? big fucking plane isn't it cool eh, keeping up continuity with themselves at least in that line with the oh it comes out from under the basketball court thing I, I like to think that it's like it's like okay guys priority run how do we get the blackbird out of thing well in this movie we did it like that that's genius just remember that <laughs> which is funny because it's one of the few times in this movie that they actually have continuity with themselves because that's the thing like it's not <laughs> enough that these brian singer x-men movies can't be loyal enough to the comics they can barely be loyal to the other movies in the franchise <laughs> and apparently logan might be the best one because it completely does away with everything <laughs> Yeah, and it does that, and it's able to do that because of how far in the future it's set. So it doesn't have to be like, remember when this happened just last year? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Steel Mill guys, uh, someone came to kill me and my family, and I'm pretty upset now. Now, who did it? Yeah, who fucking ratted? <laughs> Snitches get stitches in this part of Poland. I don't know if you knew that, but... <laughs> We're going to deal with this pole style... Now listen up, all you village people. <laughs> I'm a very angry master of magnetism over here. Who did it? Who did it? Come on, put your head. Look, you know, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to turn around with my magnet powers, and the responsible party can just step forward. How about that? Kindergarten rules, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be mad. I won't kill you. I just want to know who ratted. Nah, you're right. I'm, I'm totally mad. I'm totally going to kill who ratted me out. Yep. So I'm breaking bad all over again, I guess. 
for no real reason whatsoever. No emotional weight has been lost. Well, I mean, dead family is pretty big and everything, but we didn't really get to know his family is the problem. Yeah. <laughs> we just met them for the first time like 15 minutes ago and they're already dead. See, if they ended the last movie with him setting up a family, then I could understand. Mm. But no, they're 10 years... Like I said, people have very little emotional skin in this fight. The world is ending, but people have very little reason to get involved in what's happening. Yeah. I choose you now, Magneto, to be part of my team. <laughs> A good answer. Look, you can't kill these people. I'm already killing them. Get your own. Yeah, see, I sunk them into the ground. <laughs> Again, poor, poor Oscar Isaac in that really uncomfortable suit, because they do so many close-ups on his face, and you can tell he's having a hard time emoting in the makeup. Yeah, he has, like, the same face on. He can't, like, move his mouth too much, because maybe the makeup will rip or something. Mm, yeah. One of the most uncomfortable-looking suits. Join me on the dark side. Well, technically, I was already on the dark side, so, you know, I don't know what. And this could be the shot for your computer wallpaper. Isn't it cool? And now a cheery trip to Auschwitz in this summer blockbuster <laughs> movie for the whole family. <laughs> Which, you know, would be fine, but it's the fact that they, like, level Auschwitz in the next couple seconds. Where I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this, honestly. This is some very complicated things you're bringing up in this movie, and I don't think you're really paying it much mind in this candy-colored superhero movie. <laughs> Remember to visit the gift shop. <laughs> in Auschwitz, yeah. Like, look, yeah, Auschwitz is a very bad place where very bad things happen, but destroying it is also kind of like, aren't you disrespecting the memories more by destroying it? Yeah, again, like, it's a very bad place and everything, but you're technically destroying something of history, like a big piece of history. Yeah, you know you're not the only one who suffered there, right, Magneto? <laughs> you know there's, like, other people. <laughs> no, no, but, but Kevin Bacon killed his parents. That's yeah, true. <laughs> Remember Kevin Bacon, everybody? <laughs> also, too, I like they had to give you that little flashback to the first movie, and this is the first of many times, actually, they'll play clips from the other movies, almost like they think you're too dumb to remember, or they thought that, you know, the new rebooted continuity was too complicated for Joe and Jane popcorn. <laughs> so they're like, no, 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 look at these things from the other movies. You remember these things, right? Remember? They'll do it a bunch, actually, and it feels like something they put in post. Like yeah, yeah, in, like, editing or something. Like, oh, we need a scene here for people to remember what we're referencing. Yeah, hey, remember that he was at Auschwitz, everybody? Yeah, he keeps mentioning it. Yeah, but you need to see they, it, though. They, they, they even do it in, like, um, Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. They, they reference stuff you see 20 minutes prior. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, is one thing, but the actual clips. Right. 
Also, hey, I didn't think that was how Magneto's powers worked, but all right. Where it's like, yeah, man, you get your powers from the metallic plates shifting in the earth. I'm like, really? Is that how? Yeah, I, I, I like how it takes like this whispering possible child molester to like tell him that how his powers work, even yeah. though he could probably figure it out himself. I moved a stadium. Do you not remember when I moved the stadium? <laughs> I moved a goddamn bridge. Don't you remember the bridge? I'm an earth elemental now, I guess. I, I can bend all the earth. I'm basically Toph. I'm Toph from Avatar, but in reverse. <laughs> mm -hmm. Again, he just speaks in speeches. Uh -huh. And how will this world be better? Because survival of the fittest. And you'll do this by destroying the world. And you'll do that by mind powers and I'll control people and stuff but then you also will kill the fittest because they might not want to be under your rule yeah your plan <laughs> doesn't make much sense apocalypse uh huh uh, hey, CNN fake news fake news <laughs> CNN sad sad <laughs> Apocalypse, very sad. Branding an innocent man a, a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> but we have all this evidence that okay, look, you're not you're not coming now, okay? <laughs> We're not gonna get you to the press briefings no more. Also, hey, as a big Rush fan, I like that Quicksilver is clearly a fan of Rush because he has a Rush poster, and later he'll be wearing a Rush shirt. I also like that it's it's still it's ten years later. So this guy, he's not a kid anymore. No, and he's, he's probably he's probably like our age, yeah, and he's still living in still living in his mom's basement, and he hasn't gone and found out who his father is. Yeah, he's just been sitting on his ass for a decade, apparently not doing much. Just looking at that card from Professor Rex, thinking maybe today I'll go find out who my daddy is. <laughs> maybe today I'll give these guys a call. It's only been ten years. Uh, so yeah, Quicksilver 2 comes in really late in the movie. Again, he seems to be here only as like a get-out-of-jail-free card. And worse still, his entire arc of, oh, I want to find my father, I want to let him know who I am. For some reason, at the end of the movie, he just doesn't do it. Yeah, well, again, he's there to like check the box, you know. He's, you know, oh, we've got to have the speedster so we can get that that slow-mo scene in and then do all these special features about how we made that scene because people really liked the time in a bottle scene from days of future past so let's just do it again only it won't be as good as it was the first time because you know the first time it was super creative and super out of nowhere here though it's like oh so we're just doing this again huh yeah and i i bet they'll do another one as well if he's in these other films mm. There's a, oh, there's the line, they just saw Star Wars, and they're like, yeah, when is the third one in the series ever any good? Uh-huh, get it, get it. Because we're the third one in a series, and wow, we, <laughs> we really fucked ourselves, didn't we? If I was so in, sure they had a hit. <laughs> they were so sure. That is, that is pure, what's the word? Uh, n not the hubris, that is pure hubris is what that was to put that line in the movie. <laughs> Uh -huh. I like how casually I took this woman's memory after kissing her. 
like Superman in Superman 2. <laughs> so again, it's like, why do they care? We're this far in the movie. They have no idea about Apocalypse. They're just like, oh, we need to save Magneto for some reason, even though we could easily just leave him for the authorities, and it's not like we're superheroes or anything. So why is this up to us? Yeah. Like, just trying to get all these unrelated plot lines to relate is really hard work. I wonder if anyone, like, has been on that, that basketball court when, like, they've opened it up to take the Blackbird out, and it's like, like oh, God, we just killed a child. <laughs> oh, no, little Timmy's dead. What do we do? He fell. Quick, cover up, cover up. We'll make his parents believe he never existed. Well, he, he can do that, Professor X, so I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> Forget forget just going around Jedi mind tricking people and again too it's like there's been 10 years of back and forth between these characters it just it just feels so weird having a 10 year gap between films was a poor idea to keep doing it yeah, and again, like as we've been saying, it misses out on all these adventures they could go on. It's like why, like the MCU films are like a couple of months apart, so you you see everything they've been dumped to. Whereas if, here, like ten ten years, oh, you could have like six adventures in that time. If if they were smart and or if they were interested in comic books at all, what they really should have done is have a series of comic books that fill in the gaps in between. Mm-hmm. I would have really liked that. In fact, I think they would have done quite well had they done things that way. Yeah, definitely. Also, too, we're like over an hour into the movie now, and still the heroes don't even really know what's up for the most part. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Again, Moira has to be the POV character. She has to ask all the questions that no one else can ask. What are these? What is this? How does this work? Yeah, the CIA helped them build it, remember? Oh, no, wait. No, you don't. Apparently, she's the only one who doesn't remember. Everyone else does. Yeah. You'd think they would, unless he wiped all of their minds, which I guess he would kind of have to do. I've got a cool new costume. His costumes are always a little different in every movie, aren't they? Mm-hmm. This is probably one of the better-looking ones, but again, he doesn't get much to do in it. Nah, he just kind of, like, stands around. Sometimes he looks like he's about to cry. Mm. Say, say what you want about all the other X-Men movies eventually breaking down to having Magneto be the villain again. At least he's always interesting, and at least he was always, you know, layered in everything, unlike Apocalypse. Yeah. I know that was a big problem people had with Days of Future Past, where it's like, oh, so all the stuff was Sentinels, but in the end, Magneto's just the villain again. I'm like, yeah, but he's cool, at least. I can help you like all those other times I said I could help you and never did. <laughs> what would they have wanted? They would have wanted to live. Damn. He's just he's just really good with those straight lines, isn't he, Magneto? <laughs> Who the fuck are you? They wanted to live. 
Hey, Magneto, what are you doing over there in the corner? Just, just kind of talking to yourself? Yeah, he's just kind of talking to himself. Let's stand here and not do anything. <laughs> no. Hmm, I just now realized maybe you're talking to yourself. You're actually not talking to yourself. <laughs> yeah, I can just imagine they're like, they're like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> he's just like over in the corner, like, talking to himself. Has he gone crazy? X-Men. And I, I, I don't know, like, like, he can, like, see mutants already, like, who's who and whatnot, but it, he couldn't see Charles before this? Yeah, again, my powers are vague. <laughs> yeah. So very vague. Thank you for letting me in. Oh my god. Oh no, he's turning Cerebro stop. a shade of purple. That doesn't Charles, go with that stop room. Stop changing the screensaver. <laughs> purple doesn't go with the room, Professor. He doesn't go with the room. It's clashing so bad. <laughs> That's what Beast is really upset about. He's just like an interior decorator. Purple is out this season, didn't you know? <laughs> also, too, you know, I'm going to... Uh, talk about diminishing returns. Apocalypse being like, oh, I'll use Xavier's mind to kill all the people. Wait, isn't that exactly what happened in X-Men 2? Yes, shut up. <laughs> I like to think like William Stryker saw that and it's like I'm gonna do it better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though this is this was the better player because he actually got pretty far into it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like in the next one, since there's like no nukes and everything, wouldn't there be like some semblance of like world peace? Yeah, oh, yeah. I guess so. So, right? so like, so like technically. Apocalypse was a good guy. He put an end to all the nuclear war. Nah, again, these are realistic movies, Matt. I'm sure the world's governments just got to work on building new nukes. Yeah, bigger nukes. <laughs> bigger, better nukes. Super nukes. Nukes that each have a mutant in it so that when it blows up, it blows up bigger. <laughs> or make it some crazy bullshit like, uh, hey, Stanley, what up? <laughs> I think that's Stanley's real wife, too, actually. Yeah, I think it is. Nice. She's a she's a British woman, actually. She's basically a real life Peggy Carter. She's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Good for them. When's, when's their movie coming out? Like, why are our nukes launching? What's going on? <laughs> Who spilled coffee on the thing? Boom. Also, hey, do we need to do nuke and missile stuff? Because they did that in first class too. Yeah, of course, because nukes are bad. <laughs> didn't we already have kind of the Cold War fear thing, so we're revisiting this again now? This is the Red Scare. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of the 80s, we're going to do it. It's the commies. Yeah. They done did the <laughs> Russian thing. It's that purple commie. <laughs> hey, I'm getting to fire my laser. Yes, yes, we know. You like religious references. Thank you. 
I like to imagine Apocalypse being like a religious hipster, being like, man, I remember the Tower of Babel when it was just the bench of Babel. <laughs> you, were, you weren't there, man. The tower wasn't actually that tall. Also, too, you know, when they built the Tower of Babel and they all started speaking different languages, yeah, that was me. I did that. He just starts taking credit for shit. He's <laughs> like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> Haley's Comet, that was me. Man, how many shirts do you think he has to go through? Poor Havoc. <laughs> it's alright, he works at Abercrombie and Finch, uh, he gets yeah, a discount. There you go. Nice use of remembering what we said. We're here. Damn it, why did I make my chair out of metal? <laughs> and now he does the dumbest thing. So he runs, fires at them, and then ends up blowing the whole mansion and killing nobody but himself. <laughs> That's amazing. Not only does he die, but he dies like a total idiot punk. Oh, so like Havoc in the comics. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, we use a popular song again, so people will like us. It's no time in a bottle. Also Twinkies, because 80s. Also Rush. Because he's running fast. <laughs> I do like Rush, though. It's not my favorite Rush album he's wearing, though. <laughs> and again, too, if he can really run this fast, then he's basically a god, is what you're saying. That's that's the thing with these movies. They include him, and then they kind of like, Whoa, he's gotta go. He's gotta go play the Pac-Man. And not help out at all, because if he helped out, it'd all be over really quickly. Yeah, like, he can move, like, in one one millionth of a second, basically. Yeah, he clears a whole mansion of all its students, which would probably be about, I'd say, 200 students. And, and a fish, and a dog. Yeah, a couple fish. And he does it in, like, no time. Like, movie Quicksilver, I think, is faster than Flash comic. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, if he's this fast, what stops him from turning into pure energy and phasing through walls and doing all that other stuff? Right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I would say they actually they actually do a little too much with this one. The time in a bottle yeah. one was a lot more like serious and a lot more atmospheric, wasn't it? And it was like the first time we'd we'd seen him do something like that. Whereas now we're like, we know what he's capable of. We know he's going to save everyone. Yeah. Again, all about checking those boxes, Matt. We needed this scene because we had one like it in the other one. Yeah. Also, well, you know, the time in a bottle scene was, like, moody. Like, they went for, like, a real bit of atmosphere with it. This one's kind of goofy and kind of comedy-ish, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which makes me think they didn't understand why the time in the bottle scene was so good. Now we should just go watch that one again. But there never seems <laughs> to be enough time to do the things you want to do once you find them. Also, whose dog was that? 
It just, it's a mutant. <laughs> a mutant dog. His power is he's a dog. It's dog boy. <laughs> We're pretty sure he's a person and not just a dog that wandered in off the street. All are welcome at the Xavier Institute. <laughs> oh, hey, look, I remembered I'm supposed to be blue. This is like first week of shooting where she could stand being blue. Yeah, she's like, look, you you got me for like the day. I'll be blue for the day. But then after that, you're just going to have to work around it. Yeah, and then, and then when, when they, um at the end, when they put her in those not X-Men uniforms, all they had to do was like paint her face. Yeah. Hey, I'm back now. Also, so, okay, so we're over an hour into the movie now. It's like just kind of sort of getting started. But get ready for one of the most shameless, you know, diversions. You know, one of the most shameless side trips, I think, in a superhero movie ever. And like up until now, they've been pretty good with their continuity. Here and there, there'd been little things. But this is the one that like breaks it. Yes. It just utterly breaks it. It also opens up one of the biggest goddamn plot holes in the series, yep. too. Yep. Yeah, look at Jean with her shoulder pads, because it's the 80s. That's another thing, too. Outside the fashion and, like, the Cold War, like, nuke stuff, they don't really do much with the fact that this takes place in the 80s. No, no. I think this scene, like, when it was, like, reshot or like, they did, like, alternate take, he was actually meant to carve a big hole in the ground with his heat vision. Mm. But I guess they ran out of budget. I guess. So now, out of fucking nowhere, Stryker and the government show up. Yeah, and do remember, people, the last time we saw Stryker, it was Mystique. Yes. It wasn't Stryker. He was nowhere to be seen. And never once do they make reference to this fact or try to explain away this gigantic gaping plot hole. I guess they're like, remember in the, the second movie that everyone likes when Stryker assaulted the school? It's kind of like that, but in the 80s. Let's do that and again. And crappier. Furthermore, we gotta check the boxes. Let's just do things that worked in the other movies. Shoot them kids. That'll teach them for me and kids. He's got a fine haircut, though, that striker. He's rocking the hell out of that haircut, I tell you. Well, yeah, obviously her. She's one of the most well-known ones. Did you, did you think your mooks would just leave her? <laughs> we'll take everyone else, but not Mystique. Oh, no, he's going to shoot him up with Baja Blast Mountain Dew. <laughs> This will keep him quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you didn't know that, Matt, but that's how you retard mutant abilities. You shoot him up with Baja Blast. <laughs> the sugar completely blocks out their, you know, mutation receptors. <laughs> they can't handle the extreme flavor. <laughs> so now, literally out of nowhere, we have to deal with a 20-odd minute, and that's like a conservative estimate, a 20-odd minute... Yeah field trip side detour wherein the young X-Men get taken to proto-weapon X so we can you know shoehorn in a friggin Wolverine cameo that is the only purpose this serves yeah no other reason you could lose this whole thing from the movie and it would actually be better for it 
Like, that's just basic editing 101. And once again, I think it came down to checking a box is what it was. And that is, oh, well, we need to have it. And it's a real shame, too, because I think the young X-Men deserve so much better than what they're given to do in this movie. What they do is completely unnecessary and adds nothing to the overall plot with Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I don't even know what they were thinking. I, I guess they, like, as we were saying before, stuff was cut. Mm-hmm. And it was meant to be like, keep an eye on these guys. They're going to be in the next movie. And then they just cut it all because... Well, other stuff. There's the short bit where we see with them at the mall. Apparently that scene was way longer. Yeah. And, and from what we understood, gave us everything we wanted from the young X-Men. It actually delivered on the whole, like, you know, teen soap opera with superpowers aspect that we've always wanted. But no, they didn't put it in the movie. Yeah, and that was, I think, a majority of Jubilee scenes as well. Yep. For some reason, they were cut. And no idea why. Which, again, further goes to show that I think Brian Singer and Fox don't really understand the X-Men as a team. No. Again, again ticking boxes. They understand individuals, it would seem. They understand Deadpool just fine on his own, and it seems like they understand Wolverine just fine on his own for at least two out of three movies. <laughs> a lot of people ask, does that matter? It's like, Ooh, why aren't you guys going to do Origins or The Wolverine before? I'm like, well, because technically we already did them. Yeah. And I don't want to sit through Origins again. Wolverine, I wouldn't mind sitting through because that's actually a really good movie. Yeah, that was pretty solid. I mean, Origins is bad, but like at least it's a funny type of bad. Like at least we'd be laughing. I tell you what we should do. We should see if like YouTube or somewhere has like, because when when it was released, uh, like three months before a work oh, yeah, print yeah, got yeah, released, yeah, yeah. we should see see if that's up and, and do a, uh, do a uh, riff on that version. Have you right. seen like some of the stuff on that? Yes, when the effects aren't finished and everything. It's yes, amazing. It it's is. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> hey, look, it's the dam from that other movie. Again, we're just revisiting things from the other movies that you remember. Like, they do it with such frequency, this whole, you know, revisiting old sets and old places from other X-Men movies. I have to wonder if at some point they, like, early on in the writing, if one of the writers was trying to make a point of being like, oh, look at look at this deja vu the characters are noticing. Like, they're aware that time got rewritten or something like that. Yeah, maybe. But I think it's also because, like, well... We only have access to the X-Men and everything that come with that. And we've kind of realized that that's not really a big universe. Mm. Whereas, like, if they were connected to the Marvel universes, they could have all these different locations. Mm. We could, But, yeah. And also, we've reset the timeline, but we also want to keep the stuff that we liked. So, yeah. Yeah, very selective with what they keep going forward with time jumps and mm. time travel and whatnot. That was probably one of the reasons why Logan was the one to go back in time in Days of Futures Past, so he would remain unchanged. Yeah. Although now it's Jackman's last movie, so they might have to recast him again anyway. <laughs> no, they'll probably just move on to X-23. Yeah, that's fine. She's cool. I like her. Ugh, man, what a rough night. Oh, hey, Beast, you actually became Beast. That's good. 
Why are you scared? You've seen Beast. Yeah, you've met him before. Wait, was he Again, uh, did, did he I, see Beast now that I think? I know he's met uh, Hank McCoy's character, but he, did he not Beast out until after he left? No, but he's, like, seen him. Right. He's, see, he's seen Beast and everything, but, yeah, I don't know. Continuity on these movies is weird. And again, this bloody striker, why isn't he being like, you impersonated me, bitch? Yeah, seems like it would be a good chance to go there. Uh, are we, like, not meant to have, like, seen that, like, ending of Days of Future Past or something? Uh, or they just didn't I, care, or this this was a quick rewrite just to get Wolverine in there, and they're like, look, if we talk yeah. about that... We'll be here all day. This is just supposed to be a short 20-minute detour to get Wolverine into the movie. I, I, again, it's it's what happens when you jump 10 years mm -hmm. between movies. You don't explain any of this stuff. Jean Grey using her Jedi mind tricks. We're not the mutants you're looking for. You wouldn't be able to get path through it anyway. You haven't seen what's on the other side of the door. But apparently I'm able to take you all the way back to the mansion when I want to. Don't set up rules for Nightcrawler's powers if you're just going to break them. Man, Olivia Munn, you're doing such a great job standing there. <laughs> Again, go back and listen to some of her uh, interviews if I think I'm overreacting. She made it sound like she was such a huge part of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, she was on like the press junkets when like that the whole cast would be there or like mm -hmm. the um the principal cast like she'd somehow be there for some reason. She was on every poster. She was on like the entertainment yeah. weekly spread. She was in everything. Was she in They made sure they made sure to put that scene of her cutting the car in half in every trailer. Every trailer. And I got to wonder was she in more of the movie and she just got cut or was she just really over exaggerating her importance? Well, this is was th this is kind of like her first big role, wasn't it? Yeah, she'd been in other stuff, but yeah. Yeah, so maybe it was just like a mixture of like first big role, really excited and everything. And maybe maybe as well with the promise that she was going to be in more of the film than what she was. Yeah. Uh, here's, uh, here's more of the, hey, you know my dad? You know my dad? <laughs> Man, I sure want to know my dad until the end of the movie when I decide I don't anymore. <laughs> what a terrible arc. That's no arc at all. That's nothing. <laughs> I'll tell you, but I won't tell him. <laughs> He's a dick like that. I, I like to... Magneto doesn't know it was him, even though they had that scene in the elevator where he basically all but comes out and says, Hey, you're my dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And again, too, because obviously Quicksilver is in a weird contractual thing. Is there a reason why he could never say, hey, I'm your son? Is that like voiding some sort of contract or some sort of copyright thing? Yeah. Because it's like, if so, why even broach it if you can't do it? Mm, time for a psychic broadcast. This happened in movies, remember? Mm. 
What? Uh, how exactly have they lost their way? What is what is really offending you, Apocalypse? You're not. You're being very vague again. What What I want to know is why Apocalypse wants to go into Charles's body when he's got a perfectly good body, but then he just wants to go into the body of like a cripple. I guess he wants his psychic powers, but again, he can control anybody anyway. So what's what's, yeah. what's the trade up? <laughs> I have seen the evil of modern 80s world. You with your new cokes. But may maybe he just wants, like, James McAvoy's sick hair. Mmm. It's a pretty good head of hair. I could see why. Like, I, I want some hair. Oh, God, you just you just reminded me, Matt. Oh, my God, you yeah. reminded me of the <laughs> yeah. other stupid thing. So it's in the conversion process. Xavier loses his hair, and that's the reason they give for it. And it never comes back until Logan, when it explicitly comes back for no reason whatsoever. God, that's dumb. Once again, that's people obsessing over the wrong things. I never cared about how Xavier lost his hair. Did you care? No. In all Who the cares how he lost it? I always thought he was bald, just some bald fuck. Yeah, I thought that was like a natural thing. In all the years of all the X-Men comics, never when thinking about Xavier did I ask, hmm, I wonder how he went bald. Yeah, I bet it has something to do with his powers. Yeah, no, <laughs> never thought of that. Uh, ironically, it's funny, they did the same thing with Patrick Stewart in the Star Trek movies, didn't they? Where it's like, oh, how did Picard go bald? I don't care. It's like they have to have some reason to say, well, here's why your hero is bald. He's not bald because it's like genetics or anything he's bored because he chooses to be or it was a horrible accident or something and they keep mentioning it too even in uh first class when he puts cerebro on for the first time it's like oh watch out that might make your hair fall out yeah oh boy here we go yeah here we go here's what it was all building up to people here's the thing that they had to have also too and if go ahead I was going to say, also, too, weren't they doing reshoots, like, really close to the release of the movie? So they probably shot this only, like, a couple weeks or even a month before the movie came out? Yeah, they were doing them pretty close. <clears throat> now, now, the problem with having Hugh Jackman come back is that you can't actually recast someone for, like, a 90s Wolverine mm -hmm. because it... Like, like, I'd have no problem if in this they actually did make him look like he did in Weapon X and had something covering his face. Yeah. So you, so you couldn't tell that it was Hugh Jackman. But in here, no, we, we have to show that it's Hugh Jackman. Look, we paid for him. You're going to know that it's him. And I hate it, too. It's like, look, if you cared so much, don't make him wear the helmet. Don't invoke Weapon X, but then don't go through with it all the way. Well, that's, like, why, like, I know Hugh Jackman, like, loves this character. He's been playing him for almost 20 years. So, like, you would think he'd be like, hey, I think we should put the thing over my face. You know, just because of how it's like in the comics. Also, too, I'm sure people who don't know the comics and are just seeing this for the first time, I'm sure they're like, wow, that looks really stupid. Why did they do that? Yeah. Because it's not a good look. Obviously, as comic fans, I'm like, ah, they cheaped out on the Weapon X look. But if you don't know that, you're like, why did they put all that dumb shit on him? Mm-hmm. Uh, time to run away now from this movie. Someone capture Hugh Jackman. He's trying to run away from the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have an actor loose. Quick, stop him before he escapes. Apparently, we can't, can't make these without him. 
I can't. He's too jacked. <laughs> he's too. His varicose veins are too strong. <laughs> he's a huge jacked man. <laughs> he's a big angry Australian. We can't stop him. His Broadway skills—they're too much. <laughs> he's too nimble. Was it worth it, everyone? Was it worth it to see Wolverine? But it is okay because of the blood. And again, too, this Wolverine Rampage, to once again talk about diminishing returns, it's fine, it's cool, but not as cool as the other Rampages we've seen in the other movies. Well, the problem with this one, the movie literally stops to do it. Yep. It, this has no relevance to the plot or anything. Mm. Like, it, it would if, like, maybe, like, say... Apocalypse senses Wolverine and senses like, oh, I need to get that mutant, and then that—that's when Gene touches him and he suddenly disappears from his radar or something. But they don't even do that. Uh oh, now Stryker's trying to run away from the movie too. <laughs> From the first time I saw you, Scott, I hated you. <laughs> I like to think that like Wolverine like knows who Scott is and is like, I'm gonna fucking kill him while he's a kid. <laughs> All John Connor and Terminator style. And oh Genie, I loved you too from the first time I saw you, even when it was creepy too. <laughs> yeah, he, he he looks like like he's pushing forty. <laughs> and while Gene's probably like sixteen. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, hey, that's fine in some states, and technically I'm hundreds of years old anyway. It's creepy regardless. <laughs> well, it sure is good everyone stopped trying to catch us. <laughs> Everyone's trying to escape the movie, so... Mm -hmm. Also, too, the point of putting this in here, yeah, but we can set up old man Logan. We'll have Mr. Sinister in the post credit sequence. Oh, wait, Mr. Sinister isn't in Logan? Well, fuck. <laughs> then why did we put this in here then if it served no purpose uh, the, the box office yeah clearly and I love too that they were sure to put Wolverine in every trailer they were sure to put him in the trailers before the movie came out just so you know yeah if it wasn't like this like one of these scenes it was like that, like that look at his claws or something or something like that I'm sure they had a big meeting, like, you know, a big suit meeting, and they said, look, putting him in the trailer, putting him in the movie, that's the difference between, like, no, that's millions of dollars in difference. And now to run away. <laughs> yeah, it sucks, though. He, he doesn't jump naked off a waterfall. Yeah, I know, right? This, again, diminishing returns. Not as cool as his escape from the other one. You can't top jumping naked off a waterfall. <laughs> Yeah, and then the the other one was more brutal. Like when we see it in the first one, he's like he's like drenched in blood. Oh yeah, and he doesn't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, he's freaking out. He's like a caged animal. <sighs> oh, these guys had a bad day, very bad day. Hey, Kirk, stop getting freaked out by stuff and let us out. Yeah. Use your big oven mitt hands. <laughs> hey, I can't help my big oven mitt hands. Also, we can't hear you. Oh, man, his Skype is fucking up. <laughs> I've been there, man. I know what that's like. Oh, you just now only realized you had three fingers? <laughs> Not really? 
You just now in your whole life only realized you had three fingers, really? <laughs> That the plot found us again. <laughs> Man, this was a weird detour. Let's never talk about this either for the rest of the movie. Yeah, no one mentions this. Like, hey, Professor, like, when we were captured by Striker, we saw some, like, weird animal man. Mm -hmm. And also the government is clearly doing experiments on mutants. How do you feel about that? But no, no one ever mentions it ever again, which makes me think it was never supposed to be in the movie originally. <laughs> No, that's always again. A maybe that was like like to fill the gap from all like the cut scenes with the young mutants. Yeah, they probably took that out and be like, okay, we can have young mutants get to know each other and set up a new franchise, or we can have more Wolverine. Yeah. And now we're heading into the big action CGI clusterfuck finale. Yeah. Again, like th this is all Apocalypse doing this. So what does he need his horsemen for? He seems pretty. He's okay. doing all this. This is like stuff that 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 um, uh, Magneto was doing. So like, why does he need Magneto? He's a he's a little too overpowered. Apocalypse. I hope they nerf him in the next update. I hope uh, <laughs> I hope he gets good for tournament play because right now it's just it, unfair. There's not going to be a next update because they they canned him. <laughs> they did too. I need to build a cool castle now, because cool villains have cool castles. So, like, why wasn't this his pyramid back in Egypt, in ancient Egypt? Uh, why was it like a, like a little shitty stone one? I am vague. My great power is vagueness. <laughs> hey, also, this too, so we have a whole thing about Beast building a new Blackbird, new X-Jet in the thing, but they don't use it in the finale. They use this but thing. They blow it up and then use not Quinjet. Uh -huh. Also, too, hey, are we going to have costumes that look like they do in the comics? It looked like we were getting a little better with First Class and Days of Future Past. Fuck that, black armor. Well, well that's the thing. Like, we, we never really saw those black armors or anything except for in little scenes in the trailers. And then they released that um that picture of them in, like, screen-accurate, like, comic costumes. And everyone's like, oh, they're going to wear them for the whole movie. Oh, yeah. And they're in it. They're in it for like like two seconds at the end. Oh, I had people yelling at me, being like, "Man, I really don't want to see a bunch of black armor." No, look, see, look, they're wearing the costumes. They're yeah. gonna wear the costumes. Last five seconds. Yeah. I'm not. And a I bet we won't see them in the next one either. Oh, probably not. Well, if, certainly not if Singer's involved, we won't. No. Well, apparently, like in Logan, they make a joke saying, like, those costumes never actually existed. Like, the the comics took a bit of liberty with what actually happened. Yeah, I know, I got that from the trailer. Why Why does Fox and the Singer movies have such a hatred of the X-Men costumes? They're some of the best costumes in all of comics. It's so weird. They have this weird, irrational hatred of them. Also, man, it sure was convenient that they kept the battle suits right next to the super jet. <laughs> And here's the pep talk that doesn't make any sense because of her character. Yeah, hey, remember uh, remember what happened in first class? Yeah, your brother was there. <laughs> he was Havoc, then he wasn't for a long time. <laughs> and then he died. <laughs> yeah, like a bitch. 
<laughs> yeah, he blew himself up. How do you feel about that, Scott? <laughs> also, wow, how lame is this that it's Mystique who ends up creating the X-Men? Well, remember there was like that time where it was basically, instead of Wolverine being on these teams, it was sort of becoming like the Mystique cinematic universe. Yep. And she was the reason that everything was being created. She's she's the one, and even right now she gives them the pep talk and gives the name and all the other stuff. Yeah, she she was the crux of the whole thing in Days of Futures Past. And she's basically the crux here in this one, too. Because, again, that's another huge problem of the X-Men movies I hope they overcome. They write them depending on who's doing the best in Hollywood currently. Yeah, or, or like, they'll do a movie where all the characters kind of get equal screen time, like, first class and then be like well people really love that that mystique woman let's use her in every single film now make her the crux of everything and that's the problem even with the really good x-men movies that is that they're team movies that aren't very interested in being about the team except for first class that's the one where i'm like wow this is a good team one yeah, which which, is, which is in itself is really surprising because that film was like cobbled together in only a matter of months to hang on to the rights. It was one of those. Yeah, and it was a great film. Yeah, it was. All the extra pressure actually made it good. Oh, and they had Matthew Vaughn directing. That helped out too. Bring Vaughn back, please. He's is... busy making like Kingsman and whatnot. Yeah, which Kingsman's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Science. <laughs> they, they, I am Dr. Scientist. And I am here I'm, I'm here. I'm here to tell you about metals. I'm here to tell you how fucked we are, as only Dr. Science can. <laughs> if I was writing a script, that's literally what I would call him in the script. And Dr. Science says... <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Science and his friend, Assistant Lab Coat... Look, I have a lab coat and a, a clipboard, which means I know what I'm talking about. Not just anyone would wear a lab coat and a clipboard. And again, too, you know, when they were selling this movie, it's like, it's a disaster movie. It involves the whole world of characters you don't care about because you just only see them a couple times. Yeah, and this is, like, the thing with, like, involving the ne like the whole world. Like, we see at the end, like, massive cities get destroyed like here like new york yep. is just gonna get ripped apart yep. so like is the next movie gonna deal with them the rebuilding or something i bet it won't i bet it'll skip 10 years and everything will be okay yeah it seems like you know they kind of end on a note it's like but then what happened because you destroyed everything yes yeah, like, oh the x-men are okay but the world is completely fucked and apocalypse must really have loved his horsemen though because he built a bunch of statues of them all over the place yeah He's really about branding, you see. He likes them jobbers. <laughs> Man, I hope they push Angel for Mutant Slam. <laughs> <laughs> Angel's my favorite. And also Magneto off to the side. It just feels so weird. You know, you think like a giant egotist like him, he'd only have statues of himself, but he has statues of the horsemen too for some reason. Well, when you think about it, he probably thinks, like, I made these people. Uh -huh. I made them, so I, I will have statue of my creations. Right, I'm cool like that. So how are they not being, like, ripped apart? Mm, special alloys on the jet, I guess. <laughs> 
Guess where the bad guy is, guys? <laughs> it's such video game logic. He's at the highest point of the tallest tower. Yeah, again, the whole control every mind in the world. What's the point of controlling every mind in the world if he's going to kill everybody? Yeah, and he already had that power. Yeah. It's like they didn't really know what Apocalypse does. Again, say what you want about Magneto always being the villain in the X-Men movies. At least his goals were always very understandable. Mm-hmm. What I, what I don't understand as well here, like, he, he wants to, like, obviously protect mutants against humans and stuff like that, Eric. But, like, wouldn't he be like, okay, so you're kind of destroying the whole world. You'll be killing more mutants as well. Yeah. I... I, I I don't really agree with that. I'm not on board with this mission statement. Yeah. And basically the last half hour of this movie is pretty much just one giant fight. One giant schmaz. And I'm just so numb to the destruction at this point where I'm like, oh, oh hey Matt, they're destroying your opera house again. Oh, what a shame. You know we're in Australia because they're destroying the Sydney Opera House again. Hey, at least the Sydney Opera House gets in the movie. There's no CN Tower to be destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> at least they remembered you. I guess they're like, oh man, these movies open soft in Australia. We need to put something in there to make them feel, you know, loved. CN Tower was the first to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, I remember to be mutant and proud again. Yeah, but only when it suits me. I only need my face and neck painted. Yeah. Come on, Beast and Nightcrawler. Together we can be the Blue Man Group. <laughs> and again, too, this minute here where, you know, oh, Magneto, you know, I feel so alone. I feel so uh, far away from humanity. That's the moment where he should have said, you're not alone. I'm your son. It so seemed like that was what it was building up to. Yeah. And then it didn't happen. Yeah, like, he, he, he lost his family, but he still has family to alive and to love and everything it seemed like exactly where it was going but no it seemed so obvious and yet they didn't do it which again makes me feel like is that some sort of weird rewriter they're like no 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 no, we'll do that in the third movie or the third third movie whatever <laughs> yeah the third fourth movie <laughs> oh no he can throw knives at us Oh no, we're we've been foiled. He's we're just thrown knives. We're screwed now. No one has any defense against knives. <laughs> well, they're not even knives. They're like sharp feathers. Okay, Storm. I understand. Storm is like a god. That's fine. Yeah, she might be one of the most powerful comic book characters. Period. Depending on who's writing her. And he, here's the thing, too. These big fights out in the open reveals the thing that we always knew about Brian Singer. He doesn't do action very good. No, he doesn't. Like, he makes good movies, but it's like stuff like, you know, Usual Suspect and Valkyrie, where there's, like, you know, a lot of talking and a lot of build-up and a lot of, like, intrigue. When it comes to fighting, he hasn't really gotten that much better since X-Men 1. No. Like, okay, he's Wait. gotten away from the, you know, shooting close together and in the dark, but by and large, his choreography's not great. 
the, the fights in, in X-Men 1 were fine because they were small scale, mm-hmm. you know, in the Statue of Liberty sort of thing, where in this one it's like a whole city is being destroyed around them while multiple mutants with multiple big powers fight each other. Mm-hmm. He can't do that very well. No, he just doesn't seem very creative or very interested in it. No. Which is a shame because it's like, imagine if you gave the X-Men franchise to a guy who can do big frenetic action scenes. Give it to the Russos. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Shit, I almost said, you know who does good big frenetic action scenes? I was thinking of like, <laughs> I was thinking Braveheart and Hacksaw Ridge. I'm like, give it to Mel Gibson. No. No, don't give it to Mel Gibson. <laughs> He'd have like, like, psych. He's <laughs> like cutting people in half and <laughs> using people's bodies as like shields against, <laughs> against Archangel's death arrow thingies. <laughs> Also, too, he'd be looking at us like, okay, the X-Men, who wrote this? Stanley Leibowitz, oh, no. <laughs> What's all this an allegory for? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, so we're going to do this new movie, but it's really going to be about the Church of Humanity, though. It's going to all be about them. I, I, I've really found my way to this Reverend Stryker character. I really like him in The Purifiers. <laughs> <laughs> I see a lot of myself in them. <laughs> yep, this this is the moment. You have more family than you know. And then he says, I'm your son. And then he says, but I'm your... Nope, nothing, really. He's just going to stand there slack-jawed like an idiot, huh? He's going to let Mystique do all the talking, huh? Yeah, and you... <laughs> You're my deadbeat dad. Yeah, really. <laughs> you owe me so many back birthday and Christmas presents. That that blows me away. Why does he not say it? It would have been the per- it would have been the only arc in the movie that worked because like no one else has an arc in this. No, not really. I guess you could say Havoc did. Like he had an arc through like three films and then died. Yeah, and then died like an idiot. <laughs> Because, yeah, I mean, like, no no one has an emotional arc in this movie. And that's, like, really bad filmmaking. It's like, you gotta start out somewhere and then end somewhere different. No one really grows or changes in this movie. No. In fact, they seem to go out of their way to make sure no one grows or changes. It's... Who said it? I think a commenter on my original review video said, you know, it's like if all those other X-Men movies we've seen were like season finales in great seasons, this movie here, Apocalypse, is just like another episode. Yeah, I can see that. It's like a mid-season episode. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is. Oh no, he got stuck by the bars. Why are you a horseman again if you could get knocked out by bars? Oh no, his hair fell out. That's important for some reason. Because he needs to turn into a bald Podameron. <laughs> this movie has the weirdest priorities. The weirdest. Good job minding the plane, McDagger. <laughs> Why didn't you bring his hair, Nightcrawler? <laughs> Sorry. Again, how does Storm not just totally stomp Cyclops? Yeah. Like, again, if just just to be a nerd here for a second. 
Like, Psylocke Beast, okay, fine. She can be able to keep him at bay and everything. But, I mean, really, Storm could summon, like, a goddamn blizzard and a tornado and everything else. Yeah, just bring down hell on him. But, mm. nah, nah, just shoot the lightning from the hands. Yeah, because then the movie would be over. <laughs> That's a line of dialogue. Roar! Uh, nice spin move there, dude. Maybe you should have used that in the actual fight. Yeah, and spinning, that's a good trick. <laughs> and the best joke goes to Matt. <laughs> oh, shit, are they going to do a combo move? Are they going to do a combo? Yeah, teamwork. It's nice to see someone in the movie showing some teamwork. <laughs> Psylocke and Angel, truly the greatest duo. Well, I mean, actually, in the comics, they kind of were. They kind of have, like, a relationship and shit, which, again, none of that gets touched on here in the movie, because why would you want that? Yeah, that's too interesting. You know, we just need them to be super-powered henchmen. We don't need them to have any characters. Crick, grab my tail. <laughs> it shakes when I'm happy and goes between my legs when I'm sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, oh no, he's having problems getting it up. <laughs> you know they make pills for that now, Nightcrawler. So now Angel dies, but Psylocke lives. Okay. That's good, I guess. So again, we get rid of Angel one more time. We fucked up on him in X-Men 3, so now he's just dead in this one. Yeah, well, Brian Singh is like, there, you had it, guys. You guys always wanted it. You had it. Now we don't need it anymore. And now it's Stop gone. asking. Uh, parting is such sweet sorrow. Stop asking imaginary people who wanted Archangel. <laughs> who really, really wanted Archangel. Shut up, people in my head. And now, for the rest of the movie, Storm and Psylocke just won't get involved now. Now they just, like, hide out in the broken city. <laughs> Grab some popcorn, just wait for all of this to blow over. And apparently all Magneto needed was just a good, firm talking to. <laughs> That's really all he needed, is, like, you shouldn't be doing this, Eric. It's bad. Also, it's hey... Bad, bad boy. <laughs> Also, here's some flashbacks to other better movies you could be watching right now. That's all I thought at this point. I'm like, man, that was a good movie. I should have been watching that instead of this. <laughs> you know, there was actual well, character yeah, development well, and pathos going on there. Yeah, now looking at it, like, their relationship between each other was really great in that first film. And then, like, what the hell happened? That's that's Fastbender's face in this one. God, what am I even doing anymore? I'm just I'm just on a big green screen. Yeah. I've got wires up my ass. He's he's got that thousand yard stare as he remembers he just signed like a sixteen movie contract. Uh, everything's blowing up around me. Why am I doing this? Oh no! Better use your powers of vagueness to bring him back to life. And again, even with all this stuff blowing up, even with all these multi-mutant battles, I don't care because they've given me no reason to care about what's going on. The Wi-Fi is still on. <laughs> but what's the password? What's the password? 
Oh, that's an annoying feeling when you know you have the Wi-Fi, but you don't know the password. <laughs> Is it time to fight the final boss yet? So look, yeah, Quicksilver, fast enough to beat up Apocalypse. And then, like, Apocalypse somehow manages to get his powers... Like Somehow. in, like he's able to like use Peter's powers against him and see how fast he was running. Yeah, and he uses his sand abilities, cause sand. Oh no, my not son is in danger. Oh no, I got a broken leg. I'm like that reverse Flash who wasn't too good. Yeah. Whatever his name, Daniel West or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, when his legs blew up in Suicide Squad. That's right. <laughs> oh, no, I ran too fast and my fucking legs blew up. I didn't even know that could happen. He ended up being awesome in that story, though. He ended up kind of saving the day. Also, I've turned on you now because... What was her reason for turning? It's because he didn't care That's, about... That's mistake. Oh, yeah, shit, that's right, I forgot. Again, I only saw this movie, like, the one time when it came out. <laughs> I forget things. That's the thing, like, why Why is he even, like, entertaining these people uh, in, like, a fight? Like, none of them are going to beat him. We, we just saw him get his throat cut, and he just survived it. Just he healed. It he, ha he has a healing factor. So why, does, why is he even, like, toying with these people? And that's the other thing, too. You think with all this amazing power he has, oh, well, they're going to have to get really creative to beat him. They're going to have to find, you know, like a really smart way to use their powers to beat him. Now they just hit him all at once. Yeah. That's that's their big one, hitting him all at once. Yeah. The, the, these are the scenes that uh, apparently triggered all those feminists. Oh, yeah, the I remember that thing. Yeah, they're getting mad at, like, the posters and stuff that featured that, even though it was literally a scene from the film. It, it did seem like a weird image to be like a promo image and be like, hey, here's like someone getting choked the fuck out. But then again, I always fall back on the, but he's a bad guy though, right? Like it would be one yeah, thing. I, I, th Charles... I think they did it. I think they did it because like, oh, Mystique's like a, a hero character. Here's like the bad guy so bad. Like he's, he's able to defeat her. Mm. I mean, it would be one thing if Charles was choking the shit out of her. <laughs> then I'd agree. Yeah, that's not cool. Don't do that. And now we need a psychic duel between these two because they had those in the comics. So again, we need to check a box. And this psychic duel isn't nearly as cool or as interesting as the psychic duel stuff that went on in X-Men 2. No, it's really kind of crappy. It's just him playing happy slaps. Like, is, isn't the whole point of having a battle in the mind that it's, like, you know, so much more, you know, dreamlike and creative and you could be anything or anyone? Yeah, you could basically do whatever you want. But your big thing was just hitting him. That's the thing. That, that That's what I don't understand why, like, uh, Apocalypse is able to stop Charles here. Like, Charles should just be like, this is my dream. I can do, I'm going to beat you. And then just, he'll beat him. Right, it's it's Freddy Krueger Dream Warriors logic. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, more sand. 
Oh no, he erased the wall. He broke the walls down like Jericho. But hey, look, he grew big like he did in the comics. There, we can check that box, too. It didn't really mean much because he did it within the context of a dream, but hey, it's something. Yeah, we still did it, guys. Look, hey, when you watch X-Men Apocalypse, you'll get everything you wanted. It might not be in the order you wanted, might not be that amazing, but you'll get it. Look, guys, an X. I see it. I have also had a change of mind. <laughs> Don't try I, I don't I don't value your opinion anymore, Apocalypse. <laughs> but don't try and take away my new costume or anything. Also, what's the point of making them your horsemen of the apocalypse if they can A go against you or B just fuck off like the other ones did? Yeah, shouldn't he just be like, oh well, you're gonna be against me, well I'm just gonna take your power. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't he have like a magic kill switch on them or something? If they it, disobey it, again, him. Again, he's He's a bit too trusting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of how he was defeated the first time, right? Oh, damn, I trusted my followers too much. Let's jump. Yeah, we're helping. <laughs> Cover me. Cover me just, like, stands there. <laughs> good, good covering, Scott. Good covering. <laughs> I hit your leg back into place. I'm a doctor, don't you know? I'm Dr. McCoy. God damn it, Scott. Stop fucking up. I know, right? They really have a hate boner for him, don't they? You know, he can't be useful. He can't do anything useful for too long. How do we also, like, remember in, like, the old movies how, like, he'd only use his heat vision or concussive blasts, quote-unquote, uh, for very, like, short bursts, and it'd, like, kind of hurt him. Like, yeah. he'd have to close his eyes. We're in this, he can just, like, keep him open. Oh, he can just pile on the pressure. <laughs> I'm fighting a battle on two fronts. I really am Freddy Krueger. Quick, Xavier, if you grab him, then you can bring him into the real world. <laughs> but you gotta get someone to wake you up. And then you can, I don't know, shove a pipe bomb in his chest or sh hit him with a mirror or all those other things that killed Freddy Krueger. <laughs> I feel so bad for these actors, too, because, like, okay, just stand there and grimace. Argh, and you're throwing the metal at him. Okay, now you just stand there and make a face, and your lasers are going to... Yeah, yeah they're, they're probably, like, suspended a couple of feet up in the air on, like, a green screen set. <laughs> okay, Beast, what was your plan there, buddy? The metal's not uh, getting at him. The lasers aren't getting at him. What made you think you could get at him? The... the smarts <laughs> you're supposed to be a doctor you're supposed to be the smartest one but you made easily the dumbest choice and now you're knocked the fuck out ah. like that's literally the last 20 minutes of the movie just people going ah. <laughs> it's the worst like kind of Dragon Ball Z writing and then Magneto powers up for 20 minutes <laughs> And then you, you got James McAvoy here lying in a pool of blood, just like pretending someone's got a big fist on his back. <laughs> oh, this strawberry jam is really sticky, guys. 
Wait, is Jean gonna do a thing? Well, she's gonna do something. Again, more alluding to the next couple of films. Uh, hey, Jean, remember all movie long I told you to keep your powers in check and everything and don't do the thing? Okay, now don't do the thing I told you to do. Do the opposite. Yeah, act like a teenager. <laughs> Teen it up up in here. Write, write mean messages on your Facebook page, stay out past curfew, just teen it up. Get a, get a lower back tattoo, whatever. Again, Jean Grey would have been a perfect horseman. Yeah, yeah, she would have, wouldn't she have? Wolverine would have made an awesome war horse, wouldn't he have? Yep. But no, we can't do those things because those are kind of interesting. And also because this is a weird prequel, we can't do those things. Oh, no, they forgot to put the floor under her. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Just keep it in. Just keep it in. It's fine. <laughs> it's very artistic. Gene, use Phoenix Attack. I'm your Pokemon trainer now. <laughs> Gene used Fire Blast. It was very effective. Apocalypse fainted. Oh, I'm awake now. <laughs> is plot happening? <laughs> so yeah, this is how they defeat him. They just hit him all at once with all the things. Hey, before we couldn't do it, now we can do it. Apocalypse used barrier. He's now shielded for two turns. <laughs> Oh, but in comes Storm. She used Thundershock. Now he's paralyzed. <laughs> good, good status effect. Good, good team management, guys. What? What is revealed? Besides your skin. Are they implying that Apocalypse knew about the Phoenix? And if so... <laughs> How? And why? Doesn't matter, he died. Yeah, doesn't matter either. We probably won't get this in the next movie, so whatever. <laughs> you ever feel like you're just floating on air, guys? <laughs> Magneto, yes, all the time. In fact, Storm, really, me too. We all feel like we're floating on air. God, they looked so awkward coming down from that. Psylocke, but I guess I'm still evil. <laughs> but Storm's I like, like cycl I like how she was on the ground the whole time. Just like laying there like, I'm just just going to lie here, pretend to be dead. So they just welcome Storm into the fold even though she started out trying to kill them. But Psylocke leaves like, no, I can't hang out with you heroes. Even if I was her, I'd be like, yeah, guys, we did it. Yay. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Can I come join your mansion party now? <laughs> and now they're restaging the death of Zordon from the Power Rangers movie, only it's Xavier. <laughs> and may the power protect you, my mutants. <laughs> right down to the baldness. Only the power of friendship can bring him back. Do you know how much hair you have, Charles? <laughs> That's the important thing. And now just out of the blue, he'll give her her memories back for no reason. 
what was the point of giving her her memories back now? Like, literally, what was the point of it? I like to think that everyone except for Beast doesn't really understand what's going on. She's like, oh, my God, he's gone insane. <laughs> no, Charles, you're not in Cuba. Hey, more <laughs> clips from other movies, guys. I like to think, like, in some in some regions, they had, like, a little Chiron down the bottom. It's like, first class, now available on DVD. <laughs> Seriously, a big chunk of this movie is just clips from other X-Men movies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, guys. We really don't trust this scene to carry the emotional weight that it should, so tell you what, let's just put scenes in from other movies where they did endings better. <laughs> I wonder, too, if it must have killed uh, Singer to use all those clips from Vaughn's movies, because I get the feeling Singer doesn't have a very high opinion of Vaughn. No. <laughs> I don't need this series. I can go on my own way. Oh, what, people actually liked First Class? Well, fuck him. I'm coming back then. I'm going to kill all those characters of his off screen because I don't care. And then the world was fucked. Well, geez, I guess Magneto's okay then because there was footage apparently of him helping defeat the bad guy, even though where was that footage taken from? Everything was destroyed. <laughs> Oh, are we going to do a thing? Are we going to do a thing? Oh, look, we're doing a thing. We rebuilt Casaloma, everybody. <laughs> Jeez, Xavier, no wonder they destroy the school every week here, you know. Xavier, he's got a great gig going on with, like, uh, mutant labor that he doesn't have to pay for. Yes, he's like, all right, good soon. It's good. <laughs> I need, I need, build the east wing bigger. <laughs> build my master bedroom bigger and a hot tub area. So, hey, Storm, you just kind of go here now after trying to kill him. Don't you have, like, a home in Egypt and shit? Or are you just, yeah, I'm in America now. I always wanted to come here. Maybe I'll be a character in the next movie. So when's the school going to start looking like the ones in the old films or in Deadpool? <laughs> <laughs> uh... Oh, see, he's already saying the world already begins rebuilding its nukes. Oh, look, and now we're going to do a take on their first meeting from the first X-Men movie. They even come down to saying, Hope, I'll give you hope, Charles. Just stay out of my way. So they're already back to doing that, reminding us again of a better scene in a better movie. <laughs> again... This scene isn't bad. As with most of the movie, it's not bad. It just goes out of its way to remind you of the superior X-Men movies. Yeah. So does this mean, like, in the next film, Magneto's going to be bad? So Charles is going to be like, damn it, Magneto. Damn it, damn it, Eric. You did it again. Not again. No, not with this shit again. Like, like I will, I will say, and I know it probably sounds like I've been ragging on Apocalypse a lot, I will arguably count it amongst the good X-Men movies, but it's on the lower tier of the good X-Men movies. It's just boring. Yeah, it's definitely not 3. It's definitely not Origins. You know, it's definitely none of those, but it ain't good either. No. And he's off. Yeah, and now she's the leader of the X-Men, and now she's in for a first start of the thing. That's so, that's so not the character from the comics. It's amazing. Hmm. Also, why did you build these new great costumes if you were only going to use them in the last five minutes? 
Well, the, the tease. I guess. And then they they definitely won't be in the next one because, like, that's too close to like the original ones. So they'll be like the leather ones. Well, fashion has changed. Nightcrawlers looks the best. I think we can agree because it's actually the red and the black. I like I like Cyclopses. Again, some of them look really good. Too bad we'll never get to see them. Hey, look, an actual X-Men team about to do actual X-Men team shit. Too bad the movie's over. It, it cuts just before all this good stuff happens. And oh, They're going to fight Dyson Vacuum. <laughs> They're actually fighting Sentinels in the danger room, too. Isn't this everything you've always wanted? Yes! Why are you only... Why are you ending now? <sighs> so that was Apocalypse. It was okay, I guess. Yeah. But hey, Logan looks pretty great, though. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. Me too, we'll be seeing Logan soon. So, uh, thank you everyone for sitting through this one. We hope you were entertained by this one. I know there were stretches there where Matt and I weren't saying much, because that's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles and everything. Uh, as always, if you want to download this and other commentaries and follow them around, you can do so over on the SoundCloud page. This one will definitely be going up on SoundCloud. I gotta re-upload all the other ones, but you can find all our other commentaries in a nice little playlist that I made up for them. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all that other good stuff. Be sure to find Matt over at... Uh, Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> you forgot your own channel for a second. Um, um, I, I, I was, like, paying attention to something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, find, so find him there, and we will see you all next time, everyone. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. See ya.